Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. So this week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll feature Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, who complains that Apple is taking too long to release new Macs. A little bit later, we'll have an encore presentation of a segment we did with Kat Murdoch. She's going to talk about safety online for your kids. You'll hear all this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. So we have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, who's here this week. Since last time he came, Apple has done a few things. Of course, we had that media event, or the upfronts, as sometimes they call it in showbiz. And, of course, the previous week, Apple made unheralded announcements of new Macs, getting most of the remaining models out of the picture, except for two models, the iMac Pro and the Mac Pro. Does that mean those announcements, Brian, are pretty much expected in the summer or just before at the WWDC? You know, it's a great question, Gene. Uh, at this point, I, <laughs> I don't think when it comes to Macs, we can really say what's expected or not. I mean, Apple seems to be increasingly content with there being ever more time between uh, releases of new models. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I, I certainly hope that we'll see an iMac Pro at WWDC. We may get a glimpse of the, it's not even long rumored really, it's long uh, acknowledged by Apple uh, for a Mac Pro. And recently we've had a couple of rumors that we won't see the next MacBook Pro update until 2021 or 2020 or I don't know, something. Apple is not concerned with releasing new Mac models every year. That's just all there is to it. Is it also partly due to Intel not maybe having the chips out on its regular basis as before? Well, I tell you what, every other PC company manages to release new models every year. So why Apple can't do that is beyond me, because I'm pretty sure Apple has enough money to be able to handle the R&D necessary for releasing an updated model with a, with a new motherboard. I'm pretty sure Apple can, uh, can, can handle that. But do you also think, Gene, to, to your point, to your unstated point at the very least, that Apple is probably increasingly less happy with Intel from the standpoint of focusing on power requirements and really honing in on those things that Apple deems important about CPUs, which includes power management. And that does probably add to my belief that uh, Apple is uh, moving to its own ARM processors for Macs. Strictly power management, there ought to be other reasons to make that kind of switch. It's not a casual switch, obviously. No, it's not a casual switch. And I think there are a lot of reasons to do it. Uh, you can start with the fact that Apple has a proven mastery of the of ARM architecture. Apple is making the best ARM chips for computing devices on the planet right now. They're beating everybody else when it comes to mobile devices. Number two, and 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 that proven mastery of that architecture could well translate to the Mac. I, it's definitely complicated in that there are some kinds of calculations that ARM does better and some kinds of calculations that x86 does better. That's what Intel uses. 
And to be fair, desktop computing and even mobile desktop computing has typically relied more on the kinds of computations that x86 excels at. Nonetheless, the other thing I think that Apple would want is simply to have that control, to be able to utterly control what is in the processors, what those processors do, how its own hardware and software ties into and utilizes those processors, and of course, their release schedule. And then, of course, the the uh, timing for uh, releasing of, of new processors. And then, perhaps even um, most importantly, is the ability for Apple to focus on those things that it does deem the most important. And for Apple, power management is one of the most important things, and Intel has not seemed to care about that. Over and above minor performance increases, which look good in benchmarks, but for most people probably don't make much of a difference. Well, yeah, the power matters most to power users and those who uh, fancy themselves power users, gamers, of course, creative professionals. Those are the people who tend to most be concerned about, about processing power. Power consumption is important to Apple because Apple wants to make ever smaller devices and be able to use ever smaller batteries to get ever more battery life out of them. So those are sort of like competing, competing, uh, competing needs that are almost at odds with each other. Well, the other thing here is professional users, though, will want the power. So it has to be a combination of power management and performance. Right. At that point, I'm wondering if Apple can solve its processing muscle, the you know the processing power needs by simply throwing more cores. And and, and also don't forget that uh, TSMC, which is Apple's main, if not only, ARM manufacturer at this point, is close to introducing, I think, a four nanometer process, or at the very least, a six nanometer process, whereas Intel is is still struggling with something like 14 nanometers. And all of that has a lot to do with power consumption, but then also it has to do with uh, things like die size and and, uh, uh, the the, the eventual size of, of, of the CPU itself. And again, Apple is very concerned with every bit of space that it can save inside of a device. Well, that certainly applies to something like the portable devices. You want to get more battery life, you need a bigger battery. You may want to add more components like a camera with three lenses, things like that. Yes. But with a portable computer, don't you think the space constraints are not as severe, certainly? Yeah, space constraints definitely aren't as severe with portable Computers, of course, I mean, really, at this point, an iPhone is a portable computer, but it is still a concern. You know, Apple, Apple seems convinced that the only thing we want out of our uh, MacBooks and MacBook Pros and MacBook Airs is for the darn things to be thinner. I, I, I don't think that's the case, but Apple certainly seems to be uh, concerned about it. But power consumption is related to this and the size of a processor has at least some relationship to the amount of power it's consuming well certainly apple has to look at sales too see where the sales go because 
they don't live in a vacuum. So if sales are not increasing on a specific model, either it's because that model doesn't have a future or Apple is doing something that made it less attractive. Well, I, you know, I, I've, I've had this long running joke. I, I think, I think I've made it here on your show before, but you know, Apple, like every once in a while stumbles on this one weird trick for, for goosing Mac sales and that's to release a new model. So, I mean, yeah, clearly we don't have access to their internal documents and clearly Apple knows its own business better than we do here on the outside. Even those of us, you know, who cover Apple for a living or obsessively follow the company because we're very interested in it. But it sure seems like the data supports the idea that releasing new models means more Mac sales. And I can't, I just can't think for even a second that R&D costs for as big as Apple's Mac business is, that R&D costs are that much of an issue when it comes to making new Macs. Arr, drives me nuts. More growling from Brian Shafford of the Mac Observer on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. The reviews for Extendivite are amazing. Here are some from Amazon. September 2018. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I've been using Extendivite for many years now. May 2018. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. March 2018. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. February 2018. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. Tell us your story. Get Extendivite today. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendivite.
This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Both my legs were amputated due to an IED. It's when you start to try to get back into like an everyday life. I absolutely felt like I lost some of my purpose. There must be something more. When DAV came into my life, they gave me a new mission. I could still be a productive member of society, could still support a family. The DAV gave him that sense of structure and purpose again to get his life back together. Visit DAV.org to learn more about our mission. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow night owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. So the perception here is Apple could get models out more frequently but does intel have major updates to its processor families less than once a year well how about once a year i i'll I, at this point at this point gene i would take once a year that's the problem we're not getting new mac updates once a year apple continues to sell uh max for a year and a half two years three years four years five years and they still charge us the same price the whole time, the whole time, you know, Apple wants to charge us 2019 prices sometimes for 2015 technology. I'm thinking of the, the recently updated Mac mini, which was, which was just ridiculously old. And, you know, and the iMac was uh, almost two years old when it was finally uh, updated. And the, the, the iMac pro will be two years old uh, in June. It was announced uh, two WWDCs ago. Yeah. What about the iMac Pro. It was announced to WWDCs ago. It was actually physically released Shipped. by the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. But when it was in, when it was announced, it was announced with then state-of-the-art components. Then it shipped six months later with components that in some cases weren't state-of-the-art anymore. And they certainly are state-of-the-art now. Yet the price is state-of-the-art. 
this, 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 this is a source of contention for me, man. Okay. This summer, Apple did say we'll have a Mac Pro in 2019. So, or did they as, have as enough? Early as is there wiggle room there? Yeah, yeah, it could be 2020. We don't know. I suspect we'll see it this year, but I don't know that we'll see it this year. Uh, it could be next year. And the longer it takes, the more, in my opinion, the more evidence that is that uh, Apple is going to ship it with ARM processors. Making a new computer these days does not take years. HP makes new computers every year, like all kinds of new computers. Apple could make a new... I mean, there there is nothing whatsoever that I can imagine would take Apple this long to make a new computer. And it was, and it was in 2017 when Apple said that, that, that a new Mac Pro was coming. Only thing that makes any sense to me is, is that it's going to have uh, ARM processors. Well, I see the logic in that. Certainly. Would it make sense for Apple to have the updates to the iMac Pro in sync with a Mac Pro? Say, if you want an all-in-one, you get the same computer in terms of specs with the all-in-one screen. If you want it modular, here's the modular version. Is that logical? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, don't, I don't really know that that's what Apple's going to do. It baffles me, and I, I, know, that, I know that we talk about this a lot. But it baffles me that Apple would would ship a two year old or a, you know a year and eight month old device and call it Pro and charge Pro prices when it's the same components that were available you know a year and a half ago and it's the same components that were introduced a year and ten months ago actually in the case of the of the iMac Pro that doesn't get started on the trash can iMac which is also still for sale with multi year old components. At today's prices. Being that you can take that and put it in the trash can. But seriously speaking, how many of those do they really sell? Probably only tens of thousands of units. And one can ask, is that because it's crap? And as beautiful as the the Mac Pro is, and it is a beautiful machine as long as you don't actually have anything connected to it, it is... A piece of crap in terms of a pro machine. I suppose if nobody bought it, Apple would pull it from the price list. So there is a practical thing there, too. I don't know why people would be buying it, just as you don't. At least they could have updated the Intel Xeon processors. They would fit there, if nothing else did. Well, uh, yes, this is true. Or at least we think it's true. And this is where this is where we have to sort of look at it from what seems to be Apple's standpoint is that people do buy it because some people don't care. Some people don't follow the state of the art. Uh, some people, you know, they want to get a new Mac Pro. They don't really care what that means. That's possible. I, I mean, I, I, I remember there's um, I follow a drum. I follow a lot of uh, musicians on Instagram, uh, especially a lot of drummers. and one of them uh, had contacted me and he contacted me after he bought a new Mac pro at that time. This was about a year and a half ago. And I wish he had contacted me before. Cause I would have told him not to get it or to like get a, to get a, to get a Mac mini or, or I don't know, get something other than the Mac pro. But my point is that uh, in his mind, he was, he was getting that new Mac pro and 
he didn't know anything about processors, didn't care anything about processors, doesn't know RAM from ROM, uh, doesn't really care what video cards are in it because he's using it to uh, run logic. And that is probably the case with a lot of creative pros who don't really care um, uh, about the geekier side of uh, performance. They don't listen to us. Or yeah, any of the yeah, other yeah, Mac specific publications. We are not on their radar. Right. The, the things that, uh, the, okay, there are certainly creative pros who absolutely care about performance. The, whether or not they, they know exactly how many megahertz of uh, the CPU has or what turbo mode means, whether or not they, they have this grasp of that sort of, of the technical side, they absolutely care about getting every ounce of power possible because they're doing things that, that where time is money, like rendering. Rendering takes time. Rendering costs money, but time is money, right? So they care about those things. But then there, there are definitely people who just who just don't care. It's not their, it's not their, like, they just don't care. And, and it seems like Apple is comfortable with that. And Apple is comfortable catering more and more to those folks and less and less to the folks who are actually trying to stay, uh, you know, stay, uh, uh, state of the art, uh, um, when it comes to, when it comes to processors and, and GPUs and, 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 you know, bus speeds and things like that. So Apple is selling comfort food. For professionals. Oh man, that's good. That's good, Gene. Yeah. Seeming, seemingly, app. I, I put it this way: Apple appears increasingly comfortable selling comfort food to to creator professionals. And it's annoying. It's annoying as 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 you know the creative pros essentially saved Apple's bacon when Apple was in at the height of its troubles in the early 2000s. And creative pros were the ones who were, you know, that, that other people always saw as using Macs. And creative pros were the ones who were buying the most expensive Macs. And creative pros were the ones who were, who were demanding that, uh, that, you know, their companies support Macintosh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And et cetera, Apple- et cetera. More to come with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. We're talking about whether Apple is abandoning the audience that stood there through thick and thin. This is the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. The United States of Empire is a book that claims the United States is the empire of the world. George Washington had warned us against foreign wars. The United States of Empire shows that World Wars I and II left England broken. Its former colony, the U.S., had to save the empire. Was there ever a vote? Who do we fight for? The deep state began with World War I. The United States of Empire by James Dunn. Available at Amazon Books. 
USA Radio News with Wendy King. President Trump's legal team is taking a public victory lap following the release of a redacted version of special counsel Robert Mueller's Russia investigation report. It revealed politically damaging conduct by the president, but drew no conclusions of criminal behavior. The president is still tweeting angrily about what he says was an illegal hoax Speaking in New Hampshire, Democratic presidential contender Elizabeth Warren says the Mueller report makes it clear we should begin impeachment proceedings. We cannot be an American that says it is okay for a president of the United States to try to block investigations into a foreign attack on our country or investigations into that president's own misbehavior. This is USA Radio News. Are you looking for senior care for your mom or dad but don't know where to start? Hi, I'm Jen London with The Place for Mom. Nobody knows your parent or loved one better than you, and nobody knows senior living better than the experts at A Place for Mom. They've helped thousands of families find the right place for their mom or dad. I was so glad that I called A Place for Mom. My advisor really listened and was truly my partner in finding senior care for my dad. She went out of her way to get to know him as a person and was always there whenever I had a question. The senior living advisors at A Place for Mom partner with thousands of families every month, listening and offering local knowledge and advice to help find the best senior living communities across the country. And it's a free service. Here's the number. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. There's a place for answers, A Place for Mom. Call today. Call A Place for Mom at 1-800-370-2715. That's 1-800-370-2715. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Live with Gene Steinberg, it's the Tech Night Owl, because you never know what's going to happen next. So at this point, if a creative pro is not happy with Apple, they have options. They can give up Logic, go to Pro Tools, and have multiple platforms. Yeah, and Logic is still, I mean, Pro Tools is dominant in the recording world anyway, which is a source of contention for me as well, because Logic is so good. I wish Apple would put more time and resources into it to update it more often. It's it, Again, et cetera, et cetera. But th- we have 
anecdotal and increasingly less anecdotal evidence that a lot of creative pros are abandoning the Mac and going to uh, going to Windows and or uh, Linux uh, boxes to for their power. But then why would Apple produce an iMac Pro? That's the audience they want to reach. Why would they release a new Mac Pro? That's the audience they want to reach. They may not know how to reach it anymore, but they sure as heck want to reach that audience. Well, I don't know. Do they? They actually seem to not care about that audience. I would say they know exactly how to reach that audience, and they just don't care. It's just that, you know, that I would say the evidence says, the evidence suggests at the very least, but probably says that Apple has decided that pursuing the creme de la creme of the creative professional market is no longer worth their effort. They've got more important things to do. That's what their actions say to me. Well, we'll know this summer. Certainly if Apple releases a Mac Pro with ARM internals, would that mean that the iMac Pro would basically be the same if Apple wants to sell them side by side with and without? I'm sorry, Gene. Can you say that again? Does that mean then that Apple would also want to sell... Does that mean that Apple wants to sell the a la carte menu? And... The three-course meal? I, you know, I, I, when it comes to the pro market, I just don't even know anymore. I keep, keep in mind, Gene, I'm a, I'm a huge Mac fan still. Not going to Windows. Not tempted by Windows. Uh, and the specs on the most recent iMac have me ready to buy it despite the fact that I, you know, my vanity and ego would like, you know, wants me to need an iMac pro or maybe even, you know, better yet wants me to need a Mac pro. The reality is I don't. And the new iMacs that were just announced uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago are, are powerful and attractive devices. And I'm probably going to get one. So I don't want anyone listening to this to think I'm an Apple hater or that, that you know that I think that Macs are dead or anything like that. The, you know the Mac business for Apple is still huge. It is enormous. They're doing five billion dollars a quarter in in Mac sales, and you know and it, and, and Apple needs Macs to make all of the other things that it makes. Um, I'm just not happy with the way Apple is servicing the pro market. Well, it looks like if Apple goes ARM, that's another product that Intel loses in terms of sales. Remember now, they've lost the modem business with Apple. And we could talk about that next, but let's just wrap this section up here. So again, the prediction from Brian Chaffin, the next Mac Pro, which may or may not be introduced this summer, will have an ARM processor. The iMac Pro is open to question. I yeah, just, think, I just yeah. think they'd be in sync. Um, I think what, what we see with Apple is that Apple releases new technology in steps. Um, we see that, for instance, uh, you know, that iPhones tend to get something before iPad does. We see that, um, that you know, MacBook Pros will get something before iMac gets that thing. In some cases, maybe, maybe the iMac won't get it. I'm thinking of the touch bar. Um, so 
I don't know that we would see a new iMac Pro and a new Mac Pro move to ARM processors at the same time. And there's still also, Gene, there's still a very compelling argument to say that if any Mac goes to an ARM processor, that it would be MacBook, MacBook Air, or MacBook Pro. Right? That 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 is also s- still in the back of my mind uh, out there, it, um, my 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 reasons for saying that Mac Pro will go to ARM are all about the time frame, not necessarily about what I understand of the technology. Well, we're doing this show in April. In what seven weeks or so from this date, we'll know. Maybe mm-hmm. or maybe mm-hmm. we won't know. I kind of think we will know because that's the place to showcase for developer stuff. All right. Speaking of Intel, if Intel loses its CPU business, its CPU business to Apple, it doesn't sell CPUs. Gradually, it's phased out, and Apple uses their own chips. Certainly, AMD will probably gradually lose sales of their graphics in higher-end Macs because Apple has its own graphics hardware now for iPhone and iPad. Intel also will not be getting any more business from Apple in terms of modems probably after this year because of that settlement with Qualcomm. Now, most of you have heard this. Apple and Qualcomm had a legal dispute, which they settled. Now, it looked like in terms of money, Qualcomm gets the benefit. Their stock went up. But Apple was between a rock and a hard place there. Intel wasn't really able apparently to finish the 5g yeah modem uh, radios in, in time so apple had apple had go back to qualcomm and say let's make a deal yeah and, and right after that deal was announced intel announced that it was exiting the 5g modem business entirely um and i'm sure that i'm sure that all that stuff was related to your point uh and uh kind of Kind of sucks for for Apple in that it appears that Qualcomm was the big winner all the way around. Well, for Apple, nobody's going to care a year from now. Apple can afford to spend that money. They said like six billion or something like that as an upfront payment, eight to nine dollars per unit. No big deal. Not well, for it, Apple. It, Not it's, a, big, it's a deal. big deal. It's a big deal in terms of for Apple in terms of of principle, but it's also a big deal. Uh, I mean, like basically, Apple is paying a lot more for the same components than its competitors are paying, which essentially allows Qualcomm to benefit from Apple's pricing position without having contributed to that pricing position. That was the thing that was bothering Apple this entire time. The Apple is paying more for the same components that its other uh, the competitors are paying for it. And, and Apple called uh, those practices uh, discriminatory. And it's, I, I'm, I, I'm honestly a bit surprised that Apple was forced to capitulate, but I, I, I mean, if they did, in that they did capitulate, there was obviously a reason. Apple has also hired lots of engineers to possibly build those 5G modems in-house. So any deal with Qualcomm would be temporary. In a few years, they do it themselves. Maybe they have to pay Qualcomm some licensing, but that's it. 
if Apple can do that, um, if Apple if Apple can do that, if Apple can develop its own modem uh, where it pays a licensing fee to Qualcomm for various uh, standards patents, then uh, then you're you're correct. This is basically a temporary situation with uh, with Qualcomm, and that may well be Apple's angle too. Take the hit in the short term, give Qualcomm business, and Qualcomm is not stupid. They realize it's not going to be forever. Take the cash as it comes and get on with your life. Some more to come. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Bags under the eyes, crow's feet, fine lines and wrinkles are things adults complain about as they age. Now, there's Instantly Ageless. It works in minutes and is great for men and women. Here's Dr. Sonia Bacha on The Doctors. So this is a product we're going to see if it works. It's called Instantly Ageless. And the idea is that it works very quickly. Is you just need a very small amount. And then you apply it to areas where you might be a little bit puffy. I have just looked at what's in this product. And one of them is something called Argyroline, which is sort of a darling in Germany right now. It's a peptide or a protein that actually relaxes the muscle. It's also called Botox in a bottle. The other active ingredient in this is silicates, which are almost act like a clay. They're minerals, and they're making the skin sort of tighter. It's actually increasing the surface tension on the skin to push that herniated fat pad back. Try Instantly Ageless today at GCNLife.com. That's GCNLife.com. 30-day money-back guarantee and preferred price discount at GCNLife.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny because they haven't chosen to take the first step towards the life they've always dreamed of. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Start small or dream big. Work part-time or full-time. You choose the pace. Just visit startlivingyoung.com. That's startlivingyoung.com. 
and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health products company that spent five years on the Inc. 5,000 fastest-growing private companies in America list with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to thrive and succeed. And you'll be blown away by how little it takes to get started. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab at the top of the page. 2019 will be the year your new life begins. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off the grid mobile survival bug out house that's well equipped and custom built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family survival to survivalistcamps.com. know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. We have Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer. And when we look at the Apple Qualcomm deal and what they're doing with their own product, possible introduction of ARM-based chips for Macs, a lot of third-party suppliers got to be scared to death over anything that Apple does that they could possibly bring in-house. Oh, yeah. I tell you, you know, being an Apple supplier is, and I've talked, I've talked to some of these folks, being an Apple supplier is, is an incredible place to be and an incredibly scary place to be. You know, Apple exerts terms that are onerous for most suppliers and very difficult for most suppliers to meet. And Apple can do this because because of the volume of business that it that it needs and the fact that it has so much cash that it, it, it Apple Apple is able to wield its cash as an extra bargaining chip. And so people want Apple's business, but it is sometimes very hard to meet it. It's sometimes very hard to keep it. And at any moment, Apple could screw you. You know, Apple as a as a supplier, Apple could bring it in house. Apple could uh, just you know sw- switch on a dime. Their their terms allow it to usually allow it to to break the contract whenever it wants. When the supplier can't break the contract whenever it wants, I mean, it's Apple has mastered this aspect of the of the supply chain and this is something where apple is notorious for bringing third-party stuff in-house certainly some third-party developers know this over the years sometimes they just buy the technology like sound jam which became itunes but they took in the employees like jeffrey robin became apple employees in other cases they don't or they come up with their own version of that particular product. So Apple can be very profitable for people, but you always know you're walking a tightrope. You're walking One day a Apple tightrope. says, we don't need you anymore. Yeah. And you said, you used the word notorious and, and that would be, that would be the case within the supply chain industry. Uh, Apple is, is notorious yet. Everybody wants Apple's business or most everybody wants Apple's business. You know, the, one of the most famous examples of this, of course, would be, uh, GTA Advanced Technologies. 
right? The guys that made uh, the folks that made Sapphire and they got into bed with Apple and Apple invested a lot of money and Apple was doing all kinds of things. And GTA found that they couldn't meet those terms. And next thing you know, GTA is forced to declare bankruptcy all because they got a lucrative contract from Apple. Well, supposedly they couldn't produce the product. Now there is a GTA plant, former GTA plant in Mesa, Arizona, probably about 12 to 14 minutes from where I am right now. That plant is now an Apple data center. So they repurposed it. But as you say, it can be dangerous. But if that company couldn't deliver the goods to Apple, don't they deserve to fail? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's no one, no one is forced to sign a deal with Apple. You know, companies want those contracts and the smartest companies are going to get that contract and they're going to go into it with open eyes and they're going to plan for the eventuality that Apple could, you know, turn on a dime, change things. Apple is also very intrusive with its people basically, you know, poking around the manufacturing process and making sure that everything is up to Apple standards. And like I said, Apple, Apple is able to get these concessions from these companies because their contracts are so big. But no one's forced to sign this stuff. Well, they can look at it this way. Okay, well, you know, we'll have a lot of money from Apple even for a few years. That's better than not having money from Apple. So if you look at the options here, okay, we know maybe they'll produce this in-house three years from now. That's three years that we make a lot of money. So let's take it, understanding that this is a time-limited investment on our part in terms of building up facilities. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and planning accordingly. That's the big thing for, for suppliers. And yet Apple is very, very good at the supply chain. You, do you remember, Gene, back, uh, back in the day, Dell was like the master of logistics and the master of, of you know, just-in-time deliveries and stuff. And then, like... You know, here's here's tiny Apple, beleaguered Apple, supposedly. And then we start getting these reports like 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 Dell was supposed to be awesome because they would keep things. uh, They would keep their parts inventory uh, to like seven days on hand. And that was supposed to be fantastic. And then Apple like announced that they had their inventory down to like three days on hand. And then eventually I think like Apple got it down back when we were still obsessed with this sort of thing down to like 21 hours on hand. I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. And who knows, who knows what that number is up to now, but but Apple, my point is, is that Apple is a master of logistics that Apple can ramp new iPhone models and more or, or less meet demand or at the very least, uh, more or less meet demand before they finally catch up, maybe four to eight weeks after it's announced. That It's an incredible feat. It's an incredible feat. And Apple doesn't get enough credit for that because Apple, generally speaking, makes it look easy. Well, look at the iPhone 10. Now, there were predictions that Apple would never meet demand for the iPhone 10 in time, or that there was no demand for the iPhone 10. Or somewhere in between. What happened is Apple did catch up with the iPhone 10 production and the thing sold by gangbusters. Yeah, it's true. And there, there are always, I think that there are always attempts to, nature abhors a vacuum. And there are always attempts to 
fill the void of what we don't know with information. And there are also plenty of people who who want to be able to 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 say bad things about Apple because you know they want to see Apple fail. And there's other people who who actually just want to be able to manipulate the stock so they can take advantage of uh, short-term swings. And but the you know reality is is that Apple appears to have met and very quickly met production goals with with the uh, with the iPhone 10 since it's re- since it was released and the iPhone 10s obviously. Well, certainly you didn't have much trouble getting those. Yes, they sold in fewer units, but still quite a few were sold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, quite a few were sold. And I also noticed here what Apple is doing with the iPad and the iPhone is introduce a lower price model, substantially lower price with most of the features of the high end, like the iPhone XR. The iPhone XR, the screen is between the iPhone XS and XS Max. It has an LCD display, saves money. It has the same processor, has one camera instead of two, which for most people doesn't make a bit of difference, etc., etc. Doesn't have 3D touch, which four people use. So for most people, if you want to be at the 95 or 98 percentile level, you get an iPhone 10R. If you want the stay of the art, you pay 300 hours more and then some. Yeah. Now we have with the iPad Pro, Apple comes out with an iPad Air, new version of the iPad Air that in many ways is similar to the iPad Pro. But slightly smaller screen, few features lost, but for most people, it won't make a difference. So you're getting that, what, $300 less sure. than the iPad Pro. And again, that 90 or 95% of the people who don't need those differences will buy the cheaper model, which probably means they might sell more. I don't know. I guess Apple's making that conclusion. Yeah, more more units. You know, Apple Apple has always said that if anybody's going to can- cannibalize their business, they would prefer it to be Apple. Uh, and this is a course of, of action and a philosophy that has uh, done the company well for decades, last couple of decades at least. And, uh, um, and and everything you just said is, is an excellent example of that. I'm delighted to have the compliment. <laughs> Seriously speaking, let's move to another subject here. Article you have on MacObserver.com, privacy in the next phase of Apple versus Facebook. Now, of course... This privacy thing has been going on a while. Every few weeks, I read an article. It seems like every few weeks, maybe it's less, that Facebook has some problem, some intrusion, some discovery of a privacy problem. And I guess they promise to do better. And maybe they don't do better. But we get this. Why do we have this problem all the time unless there's some kind of problem with the company that will never be resolved? When Apple has a security problem, they fix it. And they've done some dumb things, like what, having the password be nothing. If you go to super user mode and Mac OS, that was fixed within a couple of days. But things like that, dumb things, but they fix it. Facebook, it will never be fixed, will it? More to come with Brian Chaffin. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Alive. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. 
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Many people believe they don't control their own destiny. Let them continue just getting by while you make the choice to do something about your future. Imagine working from home, earning the income you deserve. Just visit startlivingyoung.com and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Discover Juness, a state-of-the-art global health company with over a billion a year in sales. They'll provide all the tools you need to succeed. Visit startlivingyoung.com today and click on the Be Your Own Boss tab. Your destiny awaits at startlivingyoung.com. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. The Facebook Follies. Brian, what do you think? Well, it's, it's so it's funny you mentioned this uh, earlier this week. I was on TMO's Daily Observations podcast with uh, the hosted by Kelly Gamont, and I jokingly came up with a new theme song for the Daily Observations podcast while we were recording. And if you'd like, Gene, I'd I would love to sing that for you here because it's related. As you wish. Uh, see, <clears throat> it's a day that ends in Y. It's been revealed. Facebook has screwed us. Bad note there on the end. Sorry about that. But it does seem like every single day there's some new privacy or security breach or some shenanigans that Facebook was engaged in with user data or use. Uh, yeah. This company, from a security standpoint, I, I don't know if it's possible to, 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 to fix Facebook. I mean, they grew so fast. And as I've long said about Mark Zuckerberg, he doesn't have the wisdom to wield the power he has amassed. And he didn't have the wisdom and experience to properly, to, to allow Facebook to properly scale. Like growth at Facebook was was the end-all, be-all, and everything else was sacrificed uh, on the altar of growth. And and the stuff is just seemingly nonstop. 
Well, now I guess they're playing lip service just for good PR. Well, it could be a good faith effort. I mean, it's possible that it's a good faith effort. It's possible that that Facebook realizes that it is that it is screwed up. I don't believe that for a second, but it's possible. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then we'll have some pledge from Mark Zuckerberg, hoping that it will be forgotten all the problems in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, and to that point, Gene, Facebook soldiers on, right? And there's Facebook, like, you know, people, there will be noise about how people are going to like, you know, close their, delete their Facebook accounts and stuff, but it's not happening. It's not happening. People are not abandoning Facebook. Part of the problem is the way the news cycle works nowadays. There's so much coming that you can't do follow-ups. You know, by the time something changes, it's been supplanted by 45,000 other stories. Yep. So with, with all that stuff coming at you, most people who hear or read about this Facebook thing, they'll forget about it. Oh, I guess I should fix that account. I should leave that account. And a week later, after we're hearing about the Mueller report and something else or a debate about this, that, and the other thing, you know, they just leave it be. That's what Facebook is probably hoping. They make a quick apology. It disappears from the news cycle. You don't really have as many investigative reporters as you used to. And the ones you do have are busy with other stories that may have more impact on this country than privacy, because with privacy, a person can still quit Facebook. So maybe that's what he's banking on. Uh, yeah, and that that bank appears to be paying off, frankly. Well... That, there is that. no, and there's no place for a competitor now. It is so entrenched, except in China. What is it? They use WeChat or something like that, which is an all-in-one inclusive thing. Everywhere else in the world, Facebook is king. There's nobody who's coming close. Mm-mm. Facebook owns chat with Messenger and WhatsApp. My son uses WhatsApp, by the way. He calls us with WhatsApp. Its voice capability is great. Mm. He calls us with WhatsApp, and it. I have the app on my iPhone. It rings the iPhone. The audio quality is superb and probably in many ways better than, than other platforms. I wish we could do a group chat on WhatsApp. We can do the show on that. Well, you could also do the show with Discord. I don't know if you've ever used Discord, but its audio quality is the best. Way better than Skype. I haven't really played with it. I did download it and did a few things. And then I realized, you know, with this, it's going to have to also be able to make outgoing phone calls, which Skype can do. I don't think that Discord can do that. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. But we need to do that because sometimes we talk to a guest on their phone. Yeah, you're 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 not you're not wrong. And uh, people need to be able to sign into to discord to join you so it's it's but but from an audio quality standpoint it's it's infinitely better and uh if whatsapp i haven't used whatsapp all that much so that, i guess that's an option too it, well you know it, it doesn't matter we only use it for one purpose to talk to my son other than that i never use whatsapp never open it there is a whatsapp version for the mac but what it does is it talks to your iphone That's how it works. It doesn't exist as a standalone. 
So whatever it's using, it's got to use your iPhone's network. Sure. Like that. Anyway, let's get to talk about one thing here, which I'm wondering about. We don't get into politics too much, but you ran an article about the redacted Mueller report, which, of course, was a special prosecutor looking into Russian interference in the 2016 election. Now, why would you put that on? Uh, Because it is of interest, folks. So the piece we ran simply pointed to... um, the report's release and where you could actually get it, it's essentially a high-interest story. We weren't opining uh, about it. So, you know, there you go. Also, I, the original version wasn't even searchable. I don't know if it's searchable now. Yeah, there's a, there's a PDF editor for that. Anyway, that's what it's worth. Because as I do this, every talking head at every cable news show is talking about what? I have a question to ask you, though, getting yep. back to different things in general about security. Story about the Weather Channel being kicked off the air due to mm-hmm. a cyber attack. You think the Weather Channel? Well, you know, there are, there are miscreants that want to get into anything and everything just to get into anything and everything. And some of those miscreants want to want to shut down anything and everything just to be able to say they did it. So, um, and, at, and at the same time, things like the weather channel, when you just, uh, the, there are people who depend on information from a source like the weather channel. I'm not saying that the weather channel is the only weather source out there. But if you can't, if you want to cause disruption to a society or to a certain segment of society or, or a, you know, a particular society or a particular group of people knocking out their source of information is a way of causing disruption. It's a way of causing friction. Uh, and, and, you know, like, that doesn't even count just all the people who, who want to do stuff, not even for a purpose, but just to, just to be jerks. So uh, I, I would assume that, that what we saw was uh, with the weather channel was falls in one camp or the other, you know, it's a bunch of jerks or it's someone who wanted to actually just cause disruption to uh, the United States economy, because there are people who, look to the weather channel for information. And if they can't get that information, they've either got to spend more time to do, it. I mean, like this probably had an appreciable effect on a, a measurable effect on, on the economy. That's interesting. Interesting point of view. We have one more segment coming up with Brian Chaffin of the Mac observer. And I guess I should ask him about Apple's media event. I mean, we're broadcasting this nearly a month after it happened, but we haven't talked to Brian, and I want to get maybe his observations as to where that's going. And we got a lot more to come, so therefore, you are listening to the Tech Night Out Live. I'm Gene Steinberg.
Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. You haven't experienced yogurt until you've tried a Mossy, embodying health and flavor in a true whole milk, green-fed dairy beverage. Every sip pays homage to our old world cows and the ancient culturing methods their milk benefits from. With over 30 probiotics, a Mossy's undeniably nutritious, refined, cultured sensation bolsters your health and awakens your passion for dairy. A Mossy's so good, and you need to try it. Contact your Longevity distributor or call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. Join me, George Norrie, in Indian Wells, California, May 31st to June 3rd for the Contact in the Desert UFO Conference, an epic weekend of exploration into ancient aliens, human origins, crop circles, and UFO sightings. More than 100 lectures, panels, workshops, and events with leading experts like Giorgio Sukalos, David Wilcock, Linda Moulton Howe, Eric Von Doniken, Doc Wallach, and so many more. Get your tickets today at contactinthedesert.com. It's time to make contact, contactinthedesert.com. Complement your health with hemp-derived cannabinoid oil. We've always believed that the closer to Earth, the better it is for our bodies. Our hemp-derived cannabinoid oil is phytocannabinoid-rich, full-spectrum, and organically grown. Finally, hemp made easy, clean, and effective. GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. That's right, we cut through the red tape. It's now available at GCNHemp.com or call 877-878-4203. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of MyPillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented MyPillow, I wanted it to where you can move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. MyPillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. 
By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So, with Brian Chaffin of the Mac Observer, Apple's media event. I call it Apple's upfronts, which of course means like TV networks will present samples of their shows, new shows for advertisers. Apple here, was that an upfront for people to subscribe or an upfront to the industry saying, sign up with Apple, we'll give you such a deal? Well, they really weren't upfronts in that we actually got almost nothing in terms of, uh, uh, of sneak peeks at the actual shows. Most of the time that was spent on stage was by, you know, stars and directors and big names in, in Hollywood simply talking about being involved with Apple and talking about the opportunities and, and you know, potential impact for, for Apple's new streaming service and uh, maybe talking a little bit about, about the show. But we didn't actually see that much about the shows. To me, the Hollywood portion of that event was aimed squarely at Hollywood. The, the, the message to take away from, again, the Hollywood, the, the Apple TV Plus portion of the event, its message was, this is not a product of Silicon Valley. This is a product of Hollywood. And, and I think that a lot of tech pundits commenting on the event and whining about it being too long or saying that it was too slow, they were missing the point. They weren't the audience. It was okay that they didn't like it. And it was okay that they thought of the, the, you know, they thought it was a drag because Apple wasn't aiming it at them. They said, here's JJ Abrams. Here's Steven Spielberg. Here's Oprah Winfrey. You better get involved. Apple is getting closer and closer with relationships for, with Hollywood personalities like Earth Day. You had Will Smith and Jada Smith and Jaden Smith, the son, coming to Apple campus. Now, Will Smith hasn't had a huge hit movie in a while, but he's still a pretty big guy in Hollywood. That again shows Apple and Hollywood together. If you're producing a new TV show or a movie, come to us. Yeah, and it's an interesting message to be delivering when we hear things about Tim Cook sending notes, which is uh, you know a Hollywood term meaning that it, you know like production notes, uh, suggest, suggested changes, or maybe sometimes demanded changes for for a TV show or a, or a movie or whatever. And we've heard that Tim Cook has been sending notes to maybe the producers or maybe uh, Jamie Ehrlich or Zach Van Amberg, who are heading the development uh, efforts at Apple. 
And those notes would be like, be nicer or don't be so mean. I think it was, don't be so mean. And <laughs> I want Apple to stay out of Hollywood's way and let Hollywood make the best shows that it can make. I don't need Tim Cook dumbing down this stuff and having people pull punches to make stuff nicer. It's not what I'm looking for out of my out of my TV. I don't think anyone is. Or very few people are. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm projecting too much. Well, Disney allows for PG-13, but not R-rated. Netflix can be very, very explicit. Certainly Apple taking the Disney approach is not going to be out of step. Well, you know, you say taking the Disney approach, and, and Disney has produced some not so goody two shoe stuff. And I, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to see. We don't know yet what the content's going to be like. But my, my original point was simply that it's interesting to me that Apple was, sh- was working so hard to show Hollywood that Apple TV Plus content is a product of Hollywood when we were also getting these reports of Tim Cook telling producers to not be so mean micromanaging he is steve jobbing <laughs> these producers yeah i guess i guess he kind of he kind of is i i wonder i wonder if steve jobs would have tried to micromanage this particular thing i mean like i we didn't hear too we didn't hear too many reports of steve jobs trying to control the plot of pixar movies right that that wasn't steve's involvement when it came to pixar to him that was an investment it wasn't something that he ran day in day out so the deals they made were their deals with disney and he profited but he didn't come in there as the producer he wasn't that involved once pixar was became the animation king that may be selling Steve a little short. I mean, the reports that we've had, the, the stories that we've had about Steve and Pixar is that is that Steve saw the the movies that Pixar was producing as things that would have a cultural impact long after people had forgotten what a Macintosh was. Specifically, you know, looking at the at the cultural impact of Bambi, for instance, and, and how important Bambi was to the cultural zeitgeist of, you know, a lot of parts of the world. And that Steve was well aware of Pixar's potential to have that same kind of impact. So I think he did care about the content, but I think that he knew enough to not try to fiddle with the storytelling that he knew that John Lasseter should be fiddling with the storytelling. And I'm, I'm not, I mean, I get that, that Tim cook wants to have a goody two shoes platform. And I get, I get that. I just like, I don't know. I, I worry, I worry that Apple executives have meddled too much in the content that they're paying for and not letting Hollywood do its job. I hope that my worries are for not. Again, maybe he just needs to learn. This is new to them. You know, certainly there are people within Apple who know about this. Tim Cook is not one of them. And therefore, maybe he will learn to just kind of lay back a little bit. And let's see what happens. Let's see how it works out. Now, we have Disney Plus coming. And as it stands now, it'll be available from Apple platforms. Disney now controls 40% 
of the movie industry with the acquisition of 20th Century Fox from Rupert Murdoch. Of course, Rupert Murdoch kept the you know Fox News, Fox Business, New York Post, Wall Street Journal, etc. But the entertainment properties are not theirs anymore. Now that certainly can cause problems at some point. Controlling that amount of product would certainly give Disney clout if it had to compete against Apple. Yeah, it's it's true, and we we don't even know if if Apple is intending on offering third party content through Apple TV Plus. We don't know that yet. You know what? There's so much more we can talk about, but I'm looking at that clock. You see that spinning clock over there? Oh that yeah, virtual clock. Yeah, we've reached that point, Brian. Where do we find more of your stuff? Uh, I am. What am I? I'm the editor in chief of the Mac Observer at MacObserver.com. You can uh, follow me on Instagram at GeekTells. G E E K T E L L S. Brian Chaffin, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks um, for having me, Gene. What was that? You, 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 I, I didn't finish. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for having me, Gene. I sure appreciate it. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Fellow patriots, my name is Todd Savage, founder of BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Like you, I was a prisoner of the alt-left sanctuary state until one day I chose to lead my family to freedom. Today we live on a sustainable 20-acre homestead where we shoot, hunt, garden, and homeschool our children without the tyranny of the nanny state looking over us. If you're ready to flee the city to the freedom of Idaho or Montana, our Black Rifle Real Estate team is here to help. Go to BlackRifleRealEstate.com. That's BlackRifleRealEstate.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. More bad weather as a strong storm system is heading into the Carolinas and Virginia and could produce more tornadoes. The bad weather is blamed for at least five deaths already. Katrina Tate is flooded out in Virginia. All of a sudden, the water just started coming in the yard. I'd say about high up to your knees. A tree fell into a house in Woodville, Florida, killing an eight-year-old girl. Fourteen tornadoes touched down in Mississippi. Democrats are calling for the full release of the Russia probe report. The DOJ is pushing back on the subpoena that was sent on Friday by the House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler. The Democrats believe that Attorney General William Barr mischaracterized the findings of the Mueller report and that he redacted important information. They say they need to conduct their own investigation into obstruction and that would inform any decision on impeachment. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right. 
Call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Wallach, veterinarian and naturopathic physician. The Dead Doctors Don't Lie guy with an important message. Take charge of your health. Do not continue to blindly follow the system that has failed us all. I appreciate GCN listeners because you're open-minded and intelligent. If our system is so great, why is it that the United States, the USA, ranks nearly 60th worldwide in longevity and number one in obesity? All the while, we spend more money than all the other countries combined annually on unnecessary health care procedures and toxic drugs. It doesn't take much to get on track, not with the government or pharmaceutical companies, but rather you in control of your own health with a basic understanding of nutrition and supplementation. FDI Longevity has the finest quality health, sports, and energy supplements available. GCN listeners are invited to join our team of people who want to stay healthy well into old age. We are currently looking for specialists to represent FDI Longevity and save America. To buy products at wholesale prices or join our business team, go to GCNteam.com. That's GCNteam.com. Support GCN. Get healthy. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. In the second half of the show, we're proud to welcome a new guest on the show, Kat Murdoch, who is a hacker. Who hunts <laughs> child predators. That's what it says here. I got the blurb <laughs> that says that, and you're an investigator with the Innocent Lives Foundation. But when someone uses the H word, yeah, <laughs> can you tell us, Kat, about your background? Um, I can tell you a little bit about my background. Um, professionally, I actually do something called penetration testing and red teaming. So we essentially look at companies' networks for potential vulnerabilities, and the company pays us to do this. It's all very much within a defined scope. We make, you know, we attempt to essentially be the bad guys and see where the vulnerabilities on our network lie and whether or not we can infiltrate depending on how deep they want us to dig. Um, we do particularly use uh, so- something called social engineering skill sets, uh, which involve a lot of interpersonal skills. So we very much believe in technology as the whole system, both the hardware and the wetware and where. So, you know, we really focus on the wetware and how people operate. And so that's what I do in my profession worlds. My background is a little bit more based in like security policy before I went to the more red teaming side. Um, And I worked for some financial institutions back in the day. But now I do predominantly, we can definitely call it hacking, but (laughs) it's, it's, uh, it's on the white hatted side. So we're doing it within the scope of whatever company wants us to do to make sure we can help bolster their security and their security awareness training. 
So how did you get started at the very beginning? Did you wake up one day as a teenager and said, I want to be able to do this kind of thing, work with security and hacking? Um, honestly, no. My background is really uh, roundabout. And I think that the one, the one commonality in it is that I enjoy looking for where logic breaks down. So in a security sense and in a computer sense, you know, computers use logical programming currently to work. So I find it really fascinating when those things have holes in them. And quite frankly, humans can be in, in human interaction with these systems can be the biggest area for holes to occur. So I really like to see and test where processes break down. And my, my academic background was actually in public policy. And I did some technology policy and then journalism policy, just because that was interesting to me at the time. <laughs> Well, I was thinking here, if you're going to tear down logic, find logical holes. I can think of a location yeah. in this country called Washington, D.C., <laughs> where you can spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And yeah. you know what I'm talking about. You'll never, ever, ever get to the bottom of it. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. I like to work with holes that I know I can help people solve problems around. And I don't know that I'm equipped to solve any or all of those problems. <laughs> Definitely not all, maybe some. <laughs> well, let's look, but, take yeah, a look. So that's a little bit more of my background. Yeah. Well, it definitely gets us started and we get a sense of who you are. I wanted, of course, to talk to you about something called the Innocent Lives Foundation. Now, just to give you an answer here, when I first heard of it, I wasn't thinking of the Criminal Minds TV show. I was thinking of Law and Order SVU. You're familiar with that show? Yes, I am very familiar. Okay. So that's where an example, the big emphasis there is on sexual crimes. Right. Abusive things. And every so often, quite often, they get into things that relate to abusing children, child porn, and everything. How accurate does a show like that, and you said you're very familiar with it, how accurate does a show like that rip from the headlines show reality? Um, well, so I think you're bringing a few things together here, you know, the show and then the headlines and then reality, which are three very different buckets. I, I, I'm familiar with the show Law & Order SVU. I am not intimately familiar with how they develop their plot lines. Um, and I can't directly say that, you know, this is exactly like something I've seen we deal with, you know, I'm sure we'll get into a little bit more about what the foundation does, but we deal a little bit more with the knowledge of the of how to find the predators rather than what happened to the victims. So I really can't speak too much on how SVU is creating their storylines or their plot lines. I'm sure they are inspired by some headlines. Um, but honestly, like the foundation, we work separate from the headlines largely. We just are honestly in this to help solve a large societal problem. And we are not, um, you will never hear about us in the headlines if we're doing our jobs properly. It will never hit the headlines and won't be a plot line on a TV show. Well, I mean, I don't like, so, well, what we do is we do research and then we hand our research over to the appropriate law enforcement agencies and then they get the headline credit. So, you know, maybe we're background contributors, but you're never going to see like the Innocent Lives Foundation did X, Y, or Z. Um, we're not a vigilante group and we're not looking for any credit in that regard. So we may work on a case that you see a headline about, but you would never know it's us. 
So can you give us the background of this organization? How did it come to be? Absolutely. So it actually came out of some of our professional work um, and our social engineering work and penetration testing. Essentially, we were inspired to make sure that uh, we found a connection in a in some professional work we were doing to a, to um, some relatively egregious actions on the behalf of a predator, and we wound up being very inspired to start using our quote unquote hacker skills to you know for good it's it's amazing like a lot of times hackers have this you know we we sit in basements with dark hoodies on and we code in in the night <laughs> and that's not really what it's about and so the innocent lies foundation came up came around because there was this opportunity to utilize social engineering skills, um, something we call open source intelligence, which is essentially online investigation and research um, using our technical knowledge to build bodies of evidence around potential predators. And if there is something, um, if there's something worthwhile, we find the appropriate law enforcement contact. We work closely with branches, many branches, and we hand that over to them. So we are just, in, well, many of us are parents, and we're just really inspired to try and help make the world better for our children and future generations. And so we really want to use our hacker skills and our um, problem-solving mindset to make the internet and the world a safer place for our kids and everyone's kids. And so that's really where the Innocent Lives Foundation grew out of. Does that answer your question? Just a personal question you don't have to answer. Do you have children of your own? I am a parent. Um, I am a parent, yes. I, she, I, I, I married into being a parent. <laughs> All right. So obviously there'd be a personal interest. I remember, you know, when I was a kid and when my son was very young, and this is, he was born in 1986, so it's early in the internet being such a popular force. You tell your kids, don't talk to strangers. And that's very easy when there's a physical person over there. And they mm-hmm. could see that person is much older than they are. That's an adult. And if you don't know who that person is, don't talk to them. Mm-hmm. Don't go in the car, though sometimes there are ways of persuading them to do that. But in this world where everybody is interconnected, where there are security leaks up the kazoo, if you get my point, mm-hmm. Facebook and everywhere else, it's a dangerous world out there. It it's like the theme song for the TV show Monk. It's a jungle out there. With the lyrics yeah. of that song, if you ever saw it, it's yeah. m- more than a jungle. So how do you it cope? Is. And we're going to break in about 40 seconds and maybe get started with that. How can you cope with the complexity of this world? It's really hard. And honestly, myself growing up, I kind of grew up with the internet. Um, and I was absolutely in some like AOL chat rooms at a very early age that I should not have been in. And in retrospect, was absolutely interacting with the stranger danger people that we're going to speak more about on this episode. And it is terrifying, but there are ways that parents can absolutely help and we can take control back a little bit um, in this, you know, very terrifying extra jungle, <laughs> if you will. So yes. hope we can dive into some of those, those techniques as well. We'll dive into it in our next segment. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Do the letters IRS give you anxiety? I'm Dan Pilla. I've defended people from the IRS for more than 40 years. My book, How to Get Tax Amnesty, created the tax resolution industry and is responsible for helping hundreds of thousands of people. It can help you, too. If you're a non-filer or facing IRS enforcement right now, your case is unique. You need real help, not cookie-cutter advice. My clients get my personal attention. Buy my book at danpilla.com and get a free consultation directly with me. That's danpilla.com. Let's start solving your tax problem right now. Most of you know that heart disease is the number one silent killer in the U.S. What if I told you for just $54.95 a month you could fight against heart disease naturally? At Heart and Body Extract, we've been helping thousands of people get back to a healthier heart. Don't just take my word for it. Check out all of the success stories at hbextract.com. Or to order, call 866-295-5305. That's 866-295-5305. hbextract.com. Don't risk it when you can take charge of it. Bacon lovers, we ship free. Try our amazing bacon. No refrigeration required. Proprietary value-added packaging provides 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Savory and delicious. Wholesale price for your everyday use. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. The Genesis Communications Network is one of America's premier broadcasters of captivating talk radio. We thank you for listening. Now, just imagine, there are thousands of people who are just as passionate about radio as you are. But what you may not realize is how easy and affordable it is to advertise with us. Radio commercials for your business could be heard on hundreds of radio stations across the U.S. every day. We can help you by creating an effective radio advertising campaign for your company. From script writing to producing your commercial just like the one you're listening to right now no other network provides the level of customer service we do when it comes to radio advertising we are your one-stop shop and no matter how big or small your business is we can help email us and advertise at gcnlive.com and an experienced advertising executive will help you take the first step towards driving more customers to your business or website advertise at gcnlive.com easy affordable effective 
Would you like to get back that full head of hair from years past? Now, there is Reveal. Beverly Hills celebrity dermatologist Dr. Nathan Newman took nearly a decade to develop Reveal from natural botanicals to return to a full body head of hair. Reveal for men and women with a 30-day money-back guarantee at GCNLife.com or toll-free 844-443-6637. 844-443-6637. Reveal at GCNLife.com. What are you listening to? The Tech Night Isle Live with Gene Steinberg. What's going to happen next? You never know. Okay, we have Kat Murdoch, and she's here to talk about the dangerous online world. Yeah, and oh, how yeah. to navigate it with your kids. Yeah. Now, I'm looking here, too, at your organization, mm-hmm. and the board includes A.J. Cook, and she is one of the ensemble players on the Criminal Minds TV show on CBS. Yes. And the former head of the FBI's counterintelligence behavioral analysis program, and I assume in a rough way, Criminal Minds is kind of based on that. So I honestly cannot speak to Criminal Minds. These uh, The board members came about not because of any famous connection per se. Like there's no prior connection that I'm aware of between AJ Cook or Criminal Minds and Robin Drake. There may be, I don't know it. But no, honestly, that's just our uh, executive director slash CEO's like masterful friendship building. He's a wonderful guy who just really wants to do good in the world. And that's an intoxicating person to be around. And so he is friends with a lot of the board members or were friends of friends of theirs and they all jumped on board of this mission with us but yeah i definitely i can't speak to the fact that maybe there's some overlap there or not so yeah no robin is just a fantastic guy who's really passionate about helping the cause as is aj fantastic lady and then we have uh, neil fallon who's the lead singer of the band clutch is also on the board so it's just a really empowering mission and i think it's easy to galvanize people behind it so how did you first start getting involved in any of these cases? Do you have a first case of any significance that you can tell us about? So I'm not going to go into any specific cases, quite frankly. Uh, many of them are still closed because, again, so what we do is we provide the research and we turn it over. So we'll comb the Internet. We'll find what we can. Sometimes on our website, um, innocentlivesfoundation.org, there's a report a case button. So we've had a handful of parents go on and say, hey, I think that my my children or my child is being groomed. Could you confirm that or deny that or just help us sort through this you know, jungle again? And so I've worked on a whole gambit of cases. Honestly, I was one of the first researchers onboarded next to our executive director. It's just, it's really fulfilling work. And so all of the cases are really, I mean, they're, they're sad, but I'm happy to be contributing skills to something that is helping people. And we do wind up perusing a lot of social media and trying to figure out where interactions are occurring and where we can stop those interactions and if those interactions are occurring in similar manners with other children. So to kind of like see how broad that goes. But yeah, so I'm so sorry. I've lost my train of thought. We were... Well, again, about how your cases begin. And I understand you don't want to mention the case history, but maybe pick a typical type of case. Do all of the cases you investigate come from somebody 
contacting you and saying, look into this? No, not all of them. Um, we do also have a team that goes and looks for um, some behavior online that may signal there is predation happening um, on children in the area. And so in the news recently is a pretty popular example that you had mentioned as well, um, that of this YouTube algorithm malfunction or whatever it is, essentially allowing it to be very easy to find a, a recommended videos that contain children in situations that predators are very excited about. And so we'll look on YouTube and they're getting all these recommended videos that are also right up their alley. And so oftentimes we will, you know, it's, it's a very, it's a first step to start combing through these publicly traded, so to speak, aspects of the predatory community, so to speak. Yeah, that, that is a lot. Our cases come at us from a variety of means. And one of them is that we are actively out there looking for this alarming behavior, um, looking for um, activity based around a subset of specific hashtags that are used across social media platforms that really are problematic and put children, the children in the video at risk. Because it's rarely, like, I, I can't imagine a child ever posts a video and thinks about the depth that, that viewers are going to in their heads and what they want out of these videos. So yeah, our cases come at us a variety of different means and we use all of our skills on hand to track them down. And social media is a, is a place that parents do have some control over. And it's also a place that predators are looking, looking for easy, easy prey, so to speak, and easy content. Now, I know that some platforms have parental controls, like iOS for iPad and iPhone. There are parental controls where parents can set limits on how long a child can be online and what sites they can visit or not visit. Now, yeah. I realize the kids are smart. They can probably break into that. Kind of <laughs> yeah, they probably can. Um, I actually briefly taught, and my fourth graders at the time would run circles around our IT department. Every time they put a new precaution in place, the kids would figure out how to get around it in days. But that is like neither here nor there necessarily when it comes to this kind of thing. Um, really, one of the best things in addition to parental controls is having a constant dialogue and having an open conversation with children about how to properly behave online and what the safe ways to go are um, not only parental controls, but if your kids are on social media, making sure that you have the logins and the passwords to those accounts. And yeah, maybe the kids don't like that, but there are absolutely strategies to make sure that it happens. So making sure that parents retain the login information in addition to parental controls. And then there's an element of education around, I think any kid from here on out is going to have to think about their online identity and what that means to them and a little bit of what they want to put out in the world. And for some kids, that's already happening for them. Their parents put their, Im like their images and their names and their accomplishments online. So there was recently a story about an 11-year-old who Googled herself and was like, oh my gosh, there's all this information out here on me. Um, so I think that it's, you know, there are a couple sides to this coin. So my original train of thought with parents, they need to have conversations with their kids about if you want to put content online, what does the operational security or OPSEC around that look like? Um, some of the most alarming videos that I saw in this whole YouTube event were that these children are videoing 
at angles that they don't understand. So there may be a lot of a kid's legs in a video, which is a big thing that predators would like to see. Um, and then more terrifyingly, there may be identifying information about their school or where they live in the background. So having parents sit down with their kids and say like, okay, if you're going to be online, it's going to be there forever. So let's talk about, you know, being somewhat of a professional, even at this age, let's have blank backgrounds to report against. Let's make sure that what we're wearing is what we want to have out on the internet. Um, and just going through, it's a big teachable moment for essentially how to help set them up for professional life later that should absolutely be capitalized on. Um, and then the second side to that coin is making sure as a parent that you don't post things or post them in ways that would make them appealing to a predator. So what comes to mind immediately on both YouTube and honestly, like Instagram are hashtags. And if you do something like hashtag bath time and it's your an adorable photo of your kids in the bath, that is, yes, maybe it's adorable, but if it's public, that's, that's a hashtag that you can search. And now it, it boils down all of this, exactly what the pedophile, the predators would like probably want to see. So there are lots of things that parents can do to you know, help keep their kids safer online and honestly to help teach them proper OPSEC to navigate their, their technological future, so to speak. One thing to realize, I guess, is that anything placed online, anything that leaves your device, and maybe even is on your device, it's very possible somebody will find a way to get to it. It's going to be public. Anything you do online is public. There's no way out of it. Even if you think it's private, it's going to be public. There are ways to get through everything. But let me ask you a question here, too, before we get on to some other stuff. And we're going to break soon. Do you think places like Facebook, in their quest to monetize their users, makes it too confusing to set proper preferences and therefore create situations that parents don't expect um could you maybe elaborate a little bit more on what you mean how how, how you the question about how advertising plays into this well of course place like facebook you're the you're the you're the product they're selling they're selling you they want to get your profile get your information so their advertisers will send targeted ads to you want to reach you with promotions and as a result of which they get sales and they pay facebook salary and right. they pay the money, the, the, all the billionaire executives over there get their paycheck. The key is here is that there have been lots of privacy concerns with Facebook. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's too easy for parents to make a wrong decision. More to come on the Tech Night Owl Live. <laughs> Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors.
It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Do you feel like many of us? All the distractions in the world taking our minds and focus off what really needs to get done day to day? Well, Jeunesse has a dietary supplement called Mind to help with mental distraction and it supports memory function. Go to GCNLife.com now to check it out. You're only at your best when your mind is at its best. Go to GCNLife.com or call toll free 844-443-6637. That's GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional off-the-grid mobile survival bug out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement, you bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So with Kat Murdoch continuing the question, does a place like Facebook make it so complicated to set privacy that's so easy for parents to fall into the trap believing that their kids are protected and they're not. I think it probably can contribute to that mindset and just circling back to a point that you made earlier in that even if you believe that what you've put on Facebook is protected, if you put content on the internet, even if you think you've done it like only me on Facebook, you know, there's like a setting that you can go and say, I only want myself to be able to view this photo. If it is on the internet, there is no, in my opinion, reasonable expectation of privacy at that point. Even if no other person on that same platform sees that image at a minimum, the company that owns the platform has it. So I think absolutely that the privacy settings can be confusing. I don't trust some of the larger platforms with data, even if I am on there. And I do think it can be very arduous and challenging for parents to enter into this world and say, you know, if they don't have a firm understanding themselves, how do they protect their children? But I think at the end of the day, technology is evolving all around us all the time. We learn new things about these platforms every day. Platforms, honestly, in some way, and this is not a defense of them, but they're learning things about themselves. We don't know where we're going to be in two years and five years and where the data we put online will be. So I think a safe assumption is if you put anything online, assume it is public um, because we just don't know. Start with the basics. You know, if, if you think a photo or an image, if you think your kid at 25 may not want that online, maybe don't post it. Maybe save it in your own album. Do something else with it. Because I do, I, I do believe that it can be really hard. And if you, if you don't feel you have a firm understanding of what it is, the actions you're taking, how would you teach those things to your children? That's not to say not to do them, just to make sure we're all thinking through it and that the discussion continues as technology evolves around us. 
Well, of course, in the old days, when I was young, and I'm a lot older than you are, I suspect, we took a photo. That photo went on film. The film was developed, unless we had a Polaroid camera. And therefore, only the processing group or processing company would have access to that photo. And even then, I guess there was always the possibility somebody there would get the photo. But for the most part, it was private. That photo didn't go anywhere you didn't want to place it. As soon as it became a digital file, it became something other people might be able to access. Now, we understand there are different levels of encryption. Apple has, for example, encryption built into the iPhone and the iPad that obviously police departments can't get into, as we we recall with a certain instance involving a terrorist attack in San Bernardino, California. But when it gets up to iCloud, when that photo leaves your iPhone or iPad and is up in the cloud, it's available. Somewhere, somehow, somebody can get it. Legitimately, if Apple gets a summons, a subpoena from a law enforcement agency, they will give them the information. It goes to show there are probably ways to get that information from the cloud. So as soon as that thing leaves your device, there's a danger. Someone will find it. Well, honestly, the second it's on your device, quite frankly, because using social tech, like social engineering techniques, you can elicit passwords, login information, what have you, like credentials from an individual. And, you know, once you involve your children, if maybe they have your password or if your password is the same password you've used on other sites and that site was breached, now somebody has your iCloud password and they can just access your photos that way. So, yes, absolutely. I think that we, you know, underscore the point that if it is on a device and that device is connected to the internet or you're using somebody, a cloud provider, then it's absolutely but there's a potential it will get out there. That, that, that potential may not be very high depending on where you are putting it, but you just don't know at that point. I don't want to be a doom and gloom person, quite frankly, <laughs> even though it's so easy to get that way in this industry. I think it is constantly, it's a learning exercise. And will we, will we get it right every time? Probably not. But if we can experiment with ourselves and not our children and fight to keep our children safe and make sure that you have their login information, make sure you're, you're reviewing the content that they're posting, uh, make sure you're monitoring engagement with that content, and you just constantly keep that critical thinking cap on that, that is one of the best ways forward. I guess it also gets harder as the kid becomes a teenager. And the first thing they want to do is decide that everything their parents say and do is wrong. Yeah. Yeah, probably. (laughs) But again, having like starting those dialogues early, making sure that they understand the risks to the best of their ability and the best of the parents' ability of putting themselves out there and just acknowledging, you know, as much as they can to get the kids to admit that what I find valuable at 16 may not be what I find valuable at 26 is a big step forward. I would love to see a cultural shift in the discussions around online security, online safety, especially that surrounding young people, because hopefully they could be getting, you know, positive reinforcement and good lessons from people who are not just their parents, maybe other respected individuals that they turn to for moments of guidance in high school. And hopefully, you know, in an ideal world, we're training enough young kids to think this way that hopefully they're monitoring each other and thinking at some point in the future, maybe this is not a great idea. You know, let's not post this picture with the image of our school in the background at a minimum. But again, hopefully they're, they're young people still. And I hope that the parents can foster some sort of relationship with them that still allows them to have open dialogue, even when it gets challenging. 
Now, you mentioned earlier several times social engineering, which basically is to fool somebody into doing something they wouldn't ordinarily do. What kinds of social engineering do you find in this particular instance, child predators? Let me take a quick step back and say, let's separate it out a little bit because social engineering isn't just fooling people. Um, for example, for work, we use it in ways and we maintain a model motto that is leave others feeling better for having met you. So there is a way to essentially influence people into wanting to do what you, that you want them to do. And to a certain scary extent, you can see that from predators. They're trying to encourage or find children who are in vulnerable points in their life. Maybe they aren't close with their parents and the the predators befriend them in a way that makes the kids think that they are all on the same page. But what the predators are doing that we don't do, at least in our professional world, like specifically the company I work for, is that the predators do manipulate them. They control the environment. They, you know, choose who they may be seen as. So a predator may be online as an 11-year-old girl or whatever. And so they are manipulating the child into thinking certain ways about them. And that's where it's really dangerous online. But when we say we use social engineering techniques, we're not necessarily interacting. The social engineering mindset is broader. It involves looking at who a person is, what motivates them, how do they interact and where might they be online. So from the ILS perspective, we use these skills to essentially profile and figure out the patterns of the people that we're researching and also the patterns of the children to make sure like if, if somebody the child is missing, you know, can we establish a pattern of their activities to find them? It, it's, it's a broad term that can often be simplified into just fooling somebody, but there's a lot more nuance to it and a lot of different ways that it can be used, definitely depending on the party. Does that help clarify a little bit? I think it does. I think one of the common tricks that predators will use is they will pretend that they are a fellow student. Mm-hmm. So if the student is 14 years old, they will pretend that they too are 14 years old and they're maybe they go to a neighboring school. Maybe they are in the same school and they're trying to, you know, you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. They fake it. They pretend to be someone who you'd accept as a friend. Yeah, you can't see them. You don't know who's typing behind that computer. No. Yeah, you definitely don't. They, they like child. Yes, absolutely. Predators will pretend to be someone they're not online, which to an extent is yes, a social engineering technique. And some signs to look out for are if like your child is getting many, many messages from people you don't know. If the child is secretive about those messages, you know, if you get a chance to look at those messages, like are they asking questions about if your kid is alone? Are they sending sexually explicit messages? Um, so yeah, so if you get a chance to look at those messages from your child, you know, are there sexually explicit ones in there or are there even, even on a more, much more minor scale, are there questions about wardrobe? Um, are they trying, or is, is the person communicating with your child trying to get extra personal information out of them? Are they asking where they live? Um, and are they asking or manipulating or blackmailing your kid to send them photos? Um, let's you know, see a so, break here. Yeah. Um, Kat Murdoch, Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill a minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. 
And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Pain in my neck, back, and shoulders has really gotten worse. Relief for body pain is here with Sunny Bay Heating Pads. Well, the last thing I want is to take another pill, so what's so good about Sunny Bay Heating Pads? Sunny Bay Heating Pads, made by Biomed DB Design right here in the USA, come in all sizes. Our extra-large microwavable heating pad for back pain is designed to be large enough to cover your entire back. It's also perfect to wrap around your legs, knees, or shoulder and neck. But I need to know their good quality. Of course, Sunny Bay heating pads and pillows are often an Amazon choice and it's easy and most affordable when you purchase your Sunny Bay heating pads right from our website sunshinepillows.com or call us 253-678-1361 Hey, a Sunny Bay heating pad would make a great gift, right? Yes, and they start at just $19.99 and free shipping is available. So call 253-678-1361 or shop for your Sunny Bay heating pad at sunshinepillows.com Anytime, any place, anywhere, radio remains the most intimate of all forms of media. At home, at work, in the car, on smartphones. Over 90% of consumers still listen to radio every week. That makes choosing radio as a place to advertise your business one of the best decisions you can make. Email advertise at GCNlive.com and partner up with an experienced GCN representative. Advertise at GCNlive.com. Easy, affordable, effective. Standing up for what's right. Helping out when things go wrong. Raising our voices alone or together. Seeking the truth and speaking our minds. Not just making records, but breaking them. Fighting for victory on the battlefield and on the playing field. Seeing the world through new eyes and the earth from miles above. Redefining beauty and what it really means to be queen. Making ourselves heard on stage and on screen. Showing the way in Silicon Valley and showing up for others wherever help is needed most. Not just making our mark, but making a difference. Now that's a job for a Girl Scout. Girl Scouts, preparing girls for a lifetime of leadership. Homemakers. Groceries by mail ships free. Try our amazing bacon. It stores in your pantry. No refrigeration required. Our value-added packaging provides a 10-year shelf life and protects the leanest, thickest, center-cut, fully-cooked bacon in America today. Ready to eat right from the pouch or warm and serve. Always price less than grocery for your everyday use. Savory and delicious. Order today at readytoeatbacon.com. Readytoeatbacon.com. 
We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So Kat's talking to us here about the techniques online predators may use to fool someone into believing, well, their peers, something else. Now, I would assume here that the predator, amongst their hateful tendencies, they have to understand how their prey acts in order to succeed in doing their nasty stuff. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and I, I want to be careful with my words here, but oftentimes from our research, what we notice is that the predators believe that they truly, like many of them believe they truly love children, but they don't take into the account that they are young people who don't fully understand the world and therefore the predators are doing exactly that. They're preying on this innocence and lack of knowledge. So Yes, predators may be disguised online, but predators may also not be interacting with your child and ripping videos down if you post them to YouTube. There are so many different flavors, it's hard to categorize them in one bucket, but they absolutely know their prey um, because they're very invested in it. And it is a time-consuming endeavor to groom someone. So they are very well-versed in what these children like, what they're going for, and how to how to get them to do what they want them to do. Um, a really terrifying example of this is that from an adult perspective, you see online challenges, you know, like a, like a workout challenge or a yoga challenge. And so these are things that are societally accepted right now, but then you get those being marketed at children and, you know, maybe a kid wants to join in a very valid adult yoga challenge, but sometimes there are, but you'll find these quote unquote challenges online that are twister challenges. Who do we think made up that idea? (laughs) And there's one that's like, can you do this action that may be, it's, it's called a popsicle challenge. And essentially it's, can you perform an action on this popsicle that represents, you know, a darker, more sexual action. And so children embrace these and they're definitely the beneficiaries of these quote unquote challenges are not the children. They are the people who started them who are likely predators. So and they, they do that. They know, like the predators do know that children want to play, like playing Twister or they like popsicles. So they're absolutely using their knowledge of children to, to communicate with them on a more intimate level. And that's absolutely something to be wary of as an adult. Now, can you give us any case histories here of how you turn the suspicious conduct into action? Um, honestly, we document all of it that we possibly can. We try and build a compelling po- body of evidence, um, making connections through someone's online life. And then it's not our job anymore. We turn it over to law enforcement and we only go through the proper channels and we we never want a false accusation. We never want, you know, this is this is serious stuff. It's It's damaging to kids and it needs to end, but we don't want to go through channels that can't actually promote positive change. So we 100% let all of the action be taken by law enforcement. We only do research and we just pass it over their way and hope that, you know, it's, it's helpful. Now, being a hacker, does that help you find the real identity of this predator? 
Um, I mean, the mindset absolutely does. Uh, and that is, you know, part of why the organization was started um, in the community uh, of hackers and information security. It gives us not only, you know, cl clearly it gives us the, hopefully the ability to give tangible, actionable advice to parents and concerned parties who want to be able to help. So from the privacy side, we have that experience. And then from our job side, absolutely, like making connections between multiple um, like activities on the internet is something that we are accustomed to doing for our work. So we apply that here and it is that logical thinking and ensuring that you're following a, a provable train of thought. And so absolutely that mindset that got us interested in our jobs is helpful in our work with the nonprofit. And that is not to say though, that people from outside of the industry can't don't, don't have those skills and couldn't contribute in really valid ways um, or couldn't switch careers if they wanted to, because many people are looking at information security and IT as a career move, um, regardless of, you know, where they've come out of. So that's awesome and inspiring. And, you know, if you're, if this work kind of work interests you, absolutely check us out on our website, which is the innocentlivesfoundation.org. We're looking for donations because we are a nonprofit and constantly looking for help. And if you have the, if you're intrigued by the hacker mindset, or if you also like to find, find clues, so to speak, then maybe this work is for you, but it absolutely, our professional work helps, helps our ability to do the nonprofit work. Okay, the, I think the main question here is, if somebody is, this person is anonymous, we don't know who it is, how do you trace it down? Um, so I, I, I'm not going to broadcast that on the air because it w could help it could help people defend against our work. And that's not necessarily what we're going for right here. You know, we're, we're trying to be part of the solution to the problem and help the parents structure it, but we're not necessarily in the business of telling somebody how to, how, telling a potential predator how to clean up their trail online. Um, and it's also, it's extremely, it is detail-oriented work and no two cases are ever the same. So you might use some strategies that you used in a past in a past case um, that apply or don't apply to future cases. So every single case is its own beast um, and, and no two are exactly alike. And mostly we use, you know, like a lot of open source intelligence investigative techniques to track down the activity through, through the internet. And other than that, I probably won't get into more specifics because again, I don't, I don't want to help the other side defend against our ability to find them. Without obviously revealing any details, and I understand you don't want to reveal your technique. So obviously you can't tell because then the predator will know what to do and what not to do to escape detection. Mm -hmm. In general, the ways they do it on TV, is that even authentic? Uh, generally, anything you see on TV when it comes to hacking is pretty inauthentic. <laughs> Um, there are a couple of shows out there that hire the proper consultants. So if you wanted to see, you know, like some, some potentially semi-real hacking, they're, they're out there, but they're not necessarily in this vein. Uh, season one of Mr. Robot had pretty good hacking, um, pretty, pretty good accurate representations. They hired some amazing consultants to help with that season. Um, and there's a show called Le Bureau, which is on Sundance, and it's multilingual. It's a very amazing show. But they do a decent job of sticking to the realism that is information security and hacking. But in general, most of the things you see are over-dramatized and not how it works or inaccurate. 
to say the least. <laughs> that answers it. So as most of you know, a one-hour TV show is actually 43 minutes plus the commercials. Of course, a lot of us are so busy skimming through the commercials, fast-forwarding through the commercials, that we don't appreciate what goes into those things. But that's how it works. Therefore, they've got to give you a three-act play. They've got to have something to hold your interest, like a small cliffhanger before yeah. it resumes after the commercials so you continue to watch. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is George Dory from Coast to Coast AM and History Channel's Ancient Aliens. We support the amazing energy, nutrition, and skincare products from Jeunesse. Jeunesse products are designed by leading doctors in their field with natural ingredients and even stem cell technology. These products help your body perform and look better. Shop Jeunesse at GCNLife.com or call 1-844-443-6637. GCNLife.com or 844-443-6637. USA Radio News with Wendy King. More bad weather as a strong storm system is heading into the Carolinas and Virginia and could produce more tornadoes. The bad weather is blamed for at least five deaths already. Katrina Tate is flooded out in Virginia. Now, all of a sudden, the water just started coming in the yard. I'd say about high up to your knees. A tree fell into a house in Woodville, Florida, killing an eight-year-old girl. 14 tornadoes touched down in Mississippi. Democrats are calling for the full release of the Russia probe report. The DOJ is pushing back on the subpoena that was sent on Friday by the House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler. The Democrats believe that Attorney General William Barr mischaracterized the findings of the Mueller report and that he redacted important information. They say they need to conduct their own investigation into obstruction and that would inform any decision on impeachment. This is USA Radio News. Hey, travelers, do you want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call. That's right, call, because the best prices are not online. They're with SmartFares. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. Our prices are too low to publish online. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner or shopping. So stop searching all of those travel sites to find the lowest price on your next flight. Let one of our SmartFares expert travel agents find ridiculously low prices for you. Call SmartFares today and get the best price on your next flight. Guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. 800-871-3291. 800-871-3291. Again, that's 800-871-3291. 
Jake was in big trouble with the IRS. He owed how much? $92,000. Ouch. The IRS left no room for Jake to breathe. They put a lien on my house, took all the money out of my bank account, took money out of my paychecks. So it was a nightmare. He needed help fast. I figured that all these companies were the same until I called federal tax management. You could just tell they knew what they were talking about. Right then and there, I felt like I had some hope. Stop the liens, levies, and garnishments fast and qualify for one of several special IRS programs that could reduce or even eliminate your tax debt. So, how'd it go for Jake? They did what they said they would do. They came through for me. I ended up saving an unbelievable amount. I was so jazzed. (laughs) I was extremely happy. If you owe more than $10,000 in back taxes... Take Jake's advice. Give federal tax management a phone call. If they help me, they can help anybody. Call the federal tax management hotline now. 800-503-8625. 800 8625 800 8625 You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we have Kat Murdoch, and we're talking here about combating the problem with child predators. And she is associated with the Innocent Lives Foundation. Now, you mentioned the first season of Mr. Robot. Now, Rami Malek, the star there, did you expect him in passing to become the actor to portray Freddie Mercury? Oh, I would not have, but I love I love Rami Malek so much. He's such an amazing actor, so I'm not surprised he went on to do bigger, amazing things. He did an amazing job throughout all the Mr. Robot seasons, but the season one is definitely, if you're looking for semi-authentic TV hacking, I'd say watch season one. But yeah, Rami Malek is amazing. <laughs> Well, the thing also you saw about this, it was a serialized drama that the entire plot line plays out through a full season of like 12, 10, 12 episodes. Now, part of the issue here is that when you watch a procedural that gets everything wrapped up in 43 minutes, everything has to be compressed. The search has to be compressed. What might take days or weeks in a routine investigation has to happen within that time frame. Just like the original Law and Order, right. you have the arrest in the first 21 and a half minutes and the full trial in the next 21 and a half minutes. Yeah. And this ran on for 20 years. They got away with it. Yeah. Absolutely have to like shrink it down and dramatize it. I'm just in general, most TV portrayals of hacking are not accurate, even controlling for the necessary short time. (laughs) If that answers the question. I remember the scene in, True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie with mm-hmm. Tom Arnold. And they had this guy there who was the hacker. Mm-hmm. And there's a line there where he's trying to get some information from a site. And he says, well, this is encrypted. It will take a few minutes. Now, mm-hmm. wait a minute. If something is encrypted, protected, it may take them months. But in yeah. a movie, you know, two minutes, done. Yeah, you just don't know. It definitely depends on the level of encryption and what they're doing. And yeah, I don't have a lot of faith in movies to set that up in in accurate ways. That's not to say it hasn't happened. There are some great, great hacker movies out there. And then there are some really terrible ones. (laughs) Definitely really terrible ones. Now, the other thing we see in terms of predators doesn't necessarily relate 
to a hacker the scenes where a van pulls up at a school and grabs a kid and leaves. Mm -hmm. And obviously that doesn't enter into the picture here unless that predator was in touch with the child. Yeah, I mean, that's not really the, I mean, like my brain goes to this place where there are scenarios in which that person could be affiliated with the work we're doing. But no, I mean, like from a, from a parenting, from the, from the mission that we are working through and from a, what solutions can parents have, that scenario doesn't super apply. The scenario we are more accustomed to seeing is that, um, yeah, a kid and a predator have been forming a relationship online and then that child is is convinced to go and meet the person and leave with the person and then that is a whole you know more terrifying world of compliance essentially so you know bottom line is parents like be aware of what your kids are doing online don't be afraid to push into that area of their life have discussions on you know, positive and wise operational security from an early age. Don't disclose, don't let your kids disclose information about where they are, who they are in the background of what they're sharing and make sure that you retain control over their devices. And that's not to say, you know, exercise too much control, but always be monitoring, monitor what they're, what's being posted, monitor who's commenting on those posts and make sure that, you know, we should all be making sure that we can do what we can to keep the younger generation safe. Now, is there any telltale sign, maybe there isn't, any telltale sign where a child's in touch with somebody thinking it's another child, maybe even at the same school, when it's really an adult? Anything there that would help the child or the parents see what's going on? Um, I mean, so again, so I, I touched on these earlier, but there are six signs of grooming, which are sending your kid many, many messages. And then tell, having your kid want to keep those a secret or having the predator tell them to keep it a secret. Um, predators will often ask questions to see if a child is alone in a room. They will send sexually, like potentially sexual messages that could be disguised as, like, you know, compliments or questions about a, a past experience. Uh, past sexual experience even um the predators may try to get personal information from the child and then manipulate the kids into sending photos back um often the goals of the predators are online sexual abuse or content so they want the kids to provide them with the things that they that excite them so images um words or and then the other option is that they want to meet in real life um so those are generally the goals of a predator. And if they're operating in this online sphere, they're going to be looking for photos. They're going to be looking for kids to participate in activities using like a webcam potentially, or just their smartphone or sending illicit Snapchats and then engage in sexual conversations, things that the predators are going for. Um, and some signs that parents should look for where this is concerned, where, where, where this is concerned is like, is your kid being secretive about who they're talking to? Um, are they unusually distracted or preoccupied with thoughts or with their phone? Uh, they may withdraw. The kids may withdraw because they're being psychologically manipulated by somebody on the other end of their phone. Uh, they might appear quieter or sadder and have some mood swings. And then they don't want to be detached from this person who is ingraining themselves in their life. So the kids will probably not want to turn their phone off. Um, and if they have to, it may make them extra worried or extra stressed out. So those are all things that parents can look for. Um, those are, you know, the six signs of 
how predators may be manipulating your child. And then those are the two main goals is online sexual content and online sexual abuse or meeting in real life. And does that help flesh that out for you a little bit? Okay. Let's maybe get beyond that. The other question is here, are these predators picking kids at random? Do they know that this particular person is in a place they could reach? How do they find their victims? Mm, I honestly, I, I, I can't speak directly to any specific predator or any specific, um, I think, I think the, I think the goals would range depending on the predator's specific goals uh, themselves, like what they want to see. And so, you know, the low hanging fruit is just cruising through social media and looking at hashtags that may appeal to them or getting stuck in an algorithm that continues to feed them the content that they want to see. Um, so I, I can't really speak too much to how they're picking their victims other than that they're definitely going to be looking for kids who have vulnerabilities, who may not have a strong support system, who don't have adults to turn to in moments of distress and who are, um, maybe trying to, you know, figure out how to find themselves. So, and that's not to say that those are the only, the only kids that are targeted, you know, and it's not to say anything about the parents. If you're worried your kid is being targeted, it, you know, be open, communicate, come to us for help, report a case. But oftentimes, you know, the, the predators are looking for people who are easily manipulated and they're going to look for easily available content. So content that's put out there willingly. And then if there's targeting specific kids, they'll look for specific kids who may be open to um, maybe open to forging a new bond outside of their, their immediate family and friends. And also I, I suppose it's possible here that it may be innocent, but a particular family will put their location, what city they're in, mention what school they went to, kind of give clues out to where they're located and where their kids might be located. Still, of course, I I just don't understand how they would know if that predator is in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago, just a crazy example. How does that person know that the person found in a chat room is also from that area, place to which they can travel easily. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
Know someone with a drinking or drug problem? Learn how to get sober after we share these stories. I was 35 with two beautiful children when my life and addiction started to spiral out of control. After my divorce, I went into a depression cycle and started drinking more often and using prescription drugs. After my second DWI and arrest, my ex-husband threatened to take our children away from me. I was 17 when I became addicted to heroin and meth. I thought I could quit on my own, but I couldn't. It hit me when I was arrested. Get sober now. Your private insurance may cover costs and we'll get you here. It's simple. Just call Elite Rehab Placement right now. Please, don't wait. Your life matters to us. 800-213-9264 Call right now before it's too late. 800-213-9264 The Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea comes from the only tree in the world that fungus does not grow on. So it naturally has antifungal, antiviral, antibacterial, anti-infection, anti-inflammation, and anti-parasite properties. But maybe more importantly, the Hebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea builds corpuscles in the blood which carry oxygen to our organs and cells. Our organs and cells need oxygen to regenerate themselves. The immune system needs oxygen to develop and cancer happens to die in oxygen. The tea is great for healthy people and it can truly be miraculous for some when fighting a potentially life-threatening disease due to an infection, diabetes, or cancer. Dehebo Tea Club's original pure Pouty Arco Super Tea is only $34.95 plus shipping. Order now at drinksupertea.com or call 818-965-9113. That's drinksupertea.com, 818-965-9113, drinksupertea.com. Maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but soon you'll need a plan and place to survive. Forget bunkers. You're not a live-underground gopher. You need survivalist camps, the ultimate fully functional, off-the-grid mobile survival bug-out house that's well-equipped and custom-built to outlast any other RV or trailer. Bold statement? You bet. See them now at survivalistcamps.com. That's survivalistcamps.com. Trust your family's survival to survivalistcamps.com. If you owe money to the IRS, you need to hear this. The IRS is cracking down on those who owe back taxes. It starts with a devastating letter. And if you don't act immediately, you could find yourself having your wages garnished or have a lien placed on your property. But there's a solution. Tax 10,000 can help. Avoid enforced compliance, where these holds on your income and seizure of your home could become a nightmare that just won't end. Call 800-239-9957 now and speak to one of our experts. 800-239-9957 is the number to link you directly to a tax resolution specialist who will... You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. With this particular housing and urban development department, you don't think they do anything. So if they're going after Facebook, they really must find something bad. This is the this is the um, the group that that's run by Ben Carson, who thinks that um, you know the Egyptians stored grain in pyramids back in the day. So you know that's it's Looney Tuneville anywhere you look at that level in this administration. But hey, look, a broken clock 
can strike twice right a day uh, can strike right twice a day correct you know so let's give them credit where they're actually doing something important here but this is the point facebook twitter instagram all these services all these social media platforms that that we're using need to be much more tightly um analyzed by by government agencies so they, they 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 need to be much more forthcoming uh with the algorithms that they're using for this stuff because th- this is a matter of public import when you've got the global reach that you do with facebook uh, this is an area where you really kind of have to treat it like a public utility or something close to it anyway so do you think, though, that people are just going to get sick of Facebook? Well, I don't want to sacrifice my privacy and all this other nonsense. Probably not. I think that there's a certain segment of the population that just doesn't care, that figures, you know what, privacy is an illusion. Um, that's just, you know, people, that's just busy work for people who worry about. I don't care. Whatever. At least I can, you know, send people birthday cards, and at least people, I can send people cat pictures and everything's good and you know what i have a certain amount of that sort of lackadaisical attitude towards it because i continue to use these platforms as well and i understand that my information is being quantified and and monetized and i understand that you know people can use the information that i'm posting but it still keeps me in touch with people who i i care to communicate with so we're all complicit in it and i think that that's part of the issue here is that we've all become so dependent on the technology, it only makes sense that that technology has to be regulated in some meaningful way to make sure that it's not being used in a way that's nefarious. Except, of course, a place like Facebook doesn't care, really. I mean, they have to care when they're faced with possible lawsuits. Well, corporations are people insofar as their legal rights are concerned, but if that's the measure of a person, then, cor- then corporations are also by definition sociopaths because they're not concerned with the social welfare. They don't have any empathy intrinsically. You know, they're just things that are trying to make money. They're entities, right? So, yeah, I mean, we've got to have a conscience about this stuff and we've got to be mindful of it. And and when you've got the, the power and influence that something like Facebook has, maybe, you know, dismantling it or taking it apart is the right idea and i'll go live in a mud hut in the woods someplace far away from civilization but you'll be outside of a cell phone area yes so when the emp happens it won't make any difference well if we live in the matrix universe we can just conjure up another universe i do like the flavor of steak you know what we'll find a place where you can get the best prime beef for a (laughs) dollar and a quarter there we go but you'll go back in time to 1956. Now, yeah, then I can it. get a Rob Roy and smoke at the table. It was funny. I took a passenger via Uber, a chef who works at a major, major restaurant in North Scottsdale, Arizona. And I talked to him about it. He says the top sirloin steak or the top steak, period, ribeye, whatever. I'm not a steak expert. $89. Wow. Plus the baked potato for $30. A family of four will go in there, eight hundred to a thousand dollars. That's nuts. So I asked him, "Do you get a discount?" He says, "Yes, I do, but I can't afford to eat at the restaurant I work for." It's like that scene in Restaurant at the End of the Universe when the cow that's going to be prepared for dinner introduces itself to the diners. That's what I would expect for eighty-nine dollars. I would want an interview with my entree. I think if. I'm going to pay $30 for a baked potato. Somebody drives up from Idaho and brings it over and personally 
trims it and gets it ready. Yeah, I want to know the name of the potato. I want to know the soil that it was grown in. I want pH balances. I want a complete DNA report, definitely. A certificate, a certificate of authenticity. At, at the very least. I, think, I don't think that that's you know, too much to ask for at all, for $30 for a baked potato. I think here we have to understand. People have the right to start restaurants and charge outrageous prices. People That's have a true, right to go to those outrageously priced restaurants and feel some kind of status. Well, the average person can't eat here. He may have to work a two weeks to feed a family of four here for one evening. You know, I when I was young and foolish, we took the family out to an expensive restaurant in Scottsdale, Arizona in the 1990s when I was doing pretty well. I was making good living from the various places I was writing for. And we went in there, I think it was like $120 for the three of us. I thought that was expensive. But yeah. What do I- yeah, I mean, but but different strokes for different folks. Of course, uh, all, you're right. People do have the right to do that. People have the right to uh, spend money on $30 baked potatoes. Uh, the rest of us have the right to ridicule, ridicule them when they do. Now, as someone who has been working for a third-party Apple dealer, well, I just drop in a few questions here. What kind of demand were you seeing for products? What was really getting the most attention? Still iPhones? Well, yeah. I mean, by and large, and this is reflected actually at Apple stores. If you walk into an Apple retail store, uh, you'll see some Macs. I mean, you'll see Mac showcased, and you'll see a, a triage area for Mac customers who are having issues. And uh, some days they even do, uh, you know, training for Mac users. But really, the 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 store is very um, is very focused on the high traffic, uh, high volume stuff, and that is really the iPhone. Um, and, you know, the the Apple Watch and stuff like that. But the iPhone is the center of of the Apple Store, and I think that that's reflected really throughout the ecosystem system you know there are a lot more iphone users with a lot more issues um that that need addressing whether it's you know getting the right case or um getting something fixed if it's not working right or what have you than anything else so that that's definitely um reflected throughout the ecosystem now as a third-party dealer you offer full support in terms of repairs well, uh, here's the story, Gene. I haven't told you, but the third-party dealer that I worked for actually went out of business uh, about a month ago. I am now speaking in the past tense, interestingly. But there's a story there that I think is kind of separate from the third-party story in general, but a lot of common similarities I've noticed throughout the U.S., and that is that people are more and more redirecting themselves to go to Apple stores or talking to Apple directly um, and are finding less use for third-party resellers, unless they're big-box stores pushing volume stuff. You know, if you're a Best Buy or a Target, I'm sure that the numbers make sense for you to carry Apple things. But uh, really, more and more, the ASPs, the authorized service providers that were once the center of Apple's network, have been pushed out more and more to the periphery. Kind of sad, kind of sad. Not yeah. just that a place is closing and people lose their jobs, but the way Apple treats them. Then again, dealers over the years didn't treat Apple so well. That's so, quite correct. Yeah, sure. It was a very adversarial relationship for a very long time. Tell our listeners, Peter Cohen, if people want to find out more of what you do, do you have anything online they can check out? 
No. Yes, actually, you can. Uh, my website is Peter Cohen. That's Peter C O H E N dot com. And uh, I can be found on most social networks as Flarg. F as in Frank, L A R G H. You can find us on <laughs> Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl. Gene Steinberg is still on Facebook until they decide to have something better. And of course, <laughs> we have Tech Night Owl Plus, the best way to support the show. We offer you every week, every single week, a version of the show free of network ads, better quality audio. Peter Cohen sounds even better than he does now. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com, plus.technightowl.com for simple sign-up instructions. Again, the best way to support the Tech Night Owl Live, Tech Night Owl Plus. So, Peter Cohen, thank you so much for joining us on the Tech Night Owl Live. Thank you, Gene. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bad time, same bad channel.